Thanks for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. Uh. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is. Welcome to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast with your hosts, Archie, Ifosa, Jesse, Amber, and Jamie L. Where we discuss all things Brazilian Zook honestly and from our perspective collectively and personally. So go ahead and grab you something to drink, grab you something to eat, turn this up, and let's hop into this next episode. Okay, wait. I gotta think about what kind of bay I want to be today. Cause I know, cause you change up every single time. That's I true. do. Wait, not, why um, not be that one? What? <laughs> you're you're I like that. He said, I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone and welcome to the brazilian zook no cat podcast with you today is your girl jesse your favorite melanated bay and with me today is the whole crew we have archie what up we have jamil hey what's going on we've got amber hey and we have Efosa. what's up what's up all right y'all so you know congresses i feel like are really about survival at the end of it right like you are spending the majority of it fighting for survival fighting for your life if you will and so we're going to gift you with the brazilian zook no cap podcast congress survival kit and we're specifically gearing it towards first time attendees beginners that don't know what the heck they're about to walk into you think you know you really do think you know, but you you have no idea what's about to happen. So, I think we can all kind of remember like our first Congress and walking in and that feeling of like, what? I was just about it? to say, <laughs> what, what was y'all's first dance event? I'll tell mine. It was crazy. My first Congress was a New York Salsa Congress. Ooh, wow. I heard those that, that joint is big too. <laughs> it is. And I was totally unprepared and overwhelmed. But yeah, that was my first event. Question. Not- where where did you like live? Where was your? I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, that's a culture shock right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It was a lot. <laughs> My first festival was also a salsa festival, and it was Big in San Antonio. That was my first one, mm, and so it was good. crazy. Hmm, I think mine's was actually um, DCBX. Honestly, wow! I was like a brand newbie, but I heard Toby Love was gonna be there, and he was like Mm. an obsession of mine. And I was like, "Ah, that was so crazy. (laughs) Toby Love. I went to Big because I heard Toby Love was gonna be there. (laughs) Dang! (laughs) Literally, me and Sis were at a uh, social, and they were like, "Yo, in Big San Antonio." And Toby Love's gonna be there, blah blah blah. And we were like, oh bet, let's go see Toby Love in freaking concert 100 percent My first one was in DC for a West Coast swing event called Mad Jam, which was the biggest at the time. I think it's still probably the biggest now. And I forget how many people went. I think it was maybe close to a thousand or so. Or maybe it was it was pretty big. I don't I may be overshooting on the numbers, but it was pretty big. And this is like 
my first or second year out of college. So I didn't really have too many hobbies. I I really know too many people like that. So I just that shit was crazy. What was your uh, after we hear Jamil's? I want I yeah. have another question. I want to I want to know something else too. Mm-hmm. Sure. No. Uh, so my my first festival was uh, the DC Zoo Festival, actually in twenty sixteen. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah, okay. like I had already been taking like Zoo classes for maybe about a year then. At that, yeah, and it was it was it was pretty cool. It, <laughs> so because a lot of the festivals that I went to, so actually, so the second festival I went to was back when Fall for Zoo was still. But like most of the festivals that I went to back in my in my early days were like kind of still local. And so what I would do, I would go to the festival in D.C. or Alexandria, Virginia, and then drive. 45 minutes to 50 minutes all the way back to Glen Burnie near Baltimore. <laughs> and I would do that Friday through Sunday. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's why that's, a, that's why motherfuckers would find me, find me in, in, in the various parts of the, the venue, just like <laughs> sleep knocked oh, out no, like this. We got pictures evidence that I almost posted yeah. <laughs> this week, but I decided to show some restraint. I literally almost posted that picture of you and of Infosa, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hold this out until a little bit later. Wow! Oh, bro, you mm. yo, those were so funny. Those are right there, bro. I was like, dog, these dudes got caught super slipping. Listen, I'm gonna put that in as a little caveat star. If you fall asleep at a congress, your picture will be taken. Yeah, whatever happens with that picture. Hey, yo, it's fine. You can post my shit. You know what? It's already there. I I don't care, bro. But the thing about it is, is (laughs) some people when they fall asleep in public, they look like super graceful and then some people just look like they but they just like just got off of a freaking three day 16 hour shift dog <laughs> it just looked like he was like, like just took some knockout pills bro this dude was gone a hundred percent this is why we're having this episode so you don't exactly. get caught like don't get caught slipping. like me what's the biggest event you've been to and then we can get into the other I stuff i think it was I think it was probably Warsaw. Like, how many people at Warsaw? Do I have the number? It it, it felt like a thousand because they had they had both an upstairs and a downstairs. And I mean, like the downstairs was like a garage, the garage basement of like a hotel where cars would be parked, and both were packed, like filled to the brim. It was it was crazy. I went there. I was like, whoa! And I usually like I I'm one of those who like bigger events, but going to that, I was like overstimulated like this was so many people like mm-hmm. it was it was wild the biggest event i've been to is the croatia, croatia summer salsa festival which i don't know if y'all heard about that i've heard but, of it, yeah. yeah it's craziness it's like three thousand people they take over this small city of rovine croatia and literally all over the city and it's seven days craziness gotcha. yeah i know for, i think either la or canada I don't remember the numbers, but definitely not like 800, 800 people. Gotcha. But LA or Canada is typically like a there. Those are bigger festivals. Um, um, well, I guess LA is coming back, but back when it was yeah, oh, like yeah. yeah, super dope. Like Literally right after we were talking about that, I messaged Sonny and I was like, I was just talking to some people about this. Um, I think my biggest one was. I'm oh, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. But my biggest mm-hmm. festival was Interfusion. I feel like the biggest one I've been to. This past one, all of yeah, yeah, I feel like oh, yeah, a lot of them. Um, like the first one, the very first interfusion that was on uh, that dance off was pretty. That was a pretty solid uh, festival. It was just different, and then they just kind of steadily started, kept growing in numbers. 
it's pretty wild. I feel like my biggest one that I've ever been to is Luxembourg. Mm. the kizumba mm. luxembourg one i think that that's the biggest one i've ever been to and i just remember it being so big that the ballroom god the ballroom was like the size of a freaking football stadium bro it was huge wow so it's, it's like it's like almost frustratingly huge because <laughs> you're in a sea of people and if you have specific people you want to dance with good exactly, luck yeah. you're not about to find, find nobody and especially because it's dark too. And the second you get done dancing with somebody, somebody else is either tapping on your shoulder or like you gotta look through people to not make eye contact. Otherwise, you probably have <laughs> to dance. Which is why me and Audie came up with like a super good system where we, we would dance and I would like we would dance next to each other. And y'all gonna think we're wrong for this, but I don't care. Um, we we would dance <laughs> next to one another. And if he was dancing with somebody that I really want to dance with, and I was dancing with somebody he wanted to dance with, then we would just like almost like switch. <laughs> but like we wouldn't switch. It wasn't what? like it wasn't so abrupt. It was like a yeah. thank you, thank you. And then the second he let go is the second I let go. And then we each would individually wow. go and ask the other person to dance. That's but wild. it was like we, like I'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to dance with her. And then he'd I'll be like, like Oh yeah, yeah, I want to dance with her too. So then it's like, okay, cool. And then whenever the dance would end, I would walk up to the girl he was dancing with, and then he would walk up to the girl that I was dancing with. And then he's shorter than me, so like he could like maneuver through the crowds without being seen. I'm so freaking tall. <laughs> was this like pre-planned the switch? <laughs> no, this is it wasn't pre-planned. Off. It wasn't pre-planned in the sense that before we got to the event, we were like, all right, bro, here's the game plan. It wasn't like that, but after like the first time, we were like. Oh yeah, bro. This is it right here. <laughs> this works. We gonna just start doing this. And so, like a few times, we would do it. Except for the one time, man, it was somebody that we both really, really wanted to dance with. And I danced with her first, and then we did the switch. And I danced with the person he was dancing with, and then I stopped. And when I stopped, and he was supposed to stop, I looked over, and this nigga still going. And I'm like, bro, you're ruining the plan because you didn't greet him. <laughs> And he just kept on going, so then it kind of ruined it. And he's like, I was dancing, I was switching dance with other people, and he was still dancing with the same person for a long time. So, wow, yeah, that was the biggest one. So, then as far as beginners, though, where are we going with that? I would say if you're a beginner, the first thing you need to do before the festival is like prep your body full of vitamins, full of hydration, and try to get as much sleep as you can because you're not sleeping at the event. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, Jinx took the words out of my mouth. Also, you need to decide, am I going to be a partier or am I going to be a class taker? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's very hard to do both. Very hard to do both. Like I was always really focused on being a class taker um, for the longest time. That's part of the reason why I haven't been to Zuka Max yet, actually, because I, I heard that it was such a party party festival. And I and then there would be artists there that I really wanted to take classes with, but like if like the organization of the thing is so fucked up, you know what I'm saying? Like the times are fucked up, everything gets pushed back, or you got to travel from one place to another. It's just it sounded like a whole pain in the ass. And, it, 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 and, was. And not, and, yeah. it was. It was. It right. was. I I, and, I tried to do a private with somebody. I tried to give them my money. It never worked happened. out. It yeah, was. exactly. Like. And so, like, recently, within the past couple of years, anyway, I've made the commitment, like, okay, I feel like I'm I'm where I am for the most part in my dance. So, like, I should really start enjoying the venue and, and the whether or not I go out about out and about to, like, enjoy the city that the, the, the festival's in or the festival itself. I'll just try not to be such a, 
a strict nerd about <laughs> about glasses and stuff. That okay, is so another I feel like part. that's another yeah. part we'll get into later about like are you going to actually go out and see the city of the place that you're in? So I feel like there's some prep work. Let's summarize some of the prep work I feel like we're talking about, right? Because we're yes. thinking as like yeah. advanced minds and I think we need to simplify it. Yeah, so before you go, there's some things you need to think about. Number one, are you going to a weekender festival congress? Because those are three different things you're going to have to prepare for. Yeah, or three different distinctions. Too. Or marathons or whatever. Like there's going to be differences in sizes. Like if you're going to a weekender, the size is probably going to be a lot smaller. Congresses are going to be bigger and... I feel like that comes into play for a number of different reasons. Like socially, are you more introverted? Are you more extroverted? You might, if you're more introverted, enjoy weekenders, which I'm definitely more of an introverted introvert. So I have an easier time at weekenders versus like these large congresses like they're talking about that do require a little bit more like mental preparation for how stimulating they can be, how large they can be. So that's one thing to take in consideration, like what type of dance thing you're going to and then I think the second thing you need to think about is in that same vein, kind of where you're going to stay in relation to the actual venue where the dancing's happening. So yeah. weekenders, festivals may or may not be attached to where you're staying, as in in a hotel where everything's all in one, which means you can, you know, if you want to partake in partying, you can just go right up to your hotel room and it's pretty safe. Or if you want to take a nap midday, you can go to your hotel room versus if you're at a studio and you have to take an Airbnb or get get a hotel room, how much you're going to be going back and forth, who you're staying with is a really yep. big deal. Yep. And how you mm -hmm. so That makes a break. That, that can make or break your weekend who you're staying sure with. Sure can. Yeah. You yep. really are needing yeah. to have some sort of time where you can go back to your room and lay your head down. And there's so many factors that go into roommates that you're staying with. One, are they going to be the people that are like the pre-parties and the pre-game is in our room every time, all the time? And you're just like, mentally that. prepared for that. Yeah. You're like, I'm yeah, not you ready for I don't, I don't want to have a pre-game in my room every time. But that's who you have in the room with you. Also, yeah. huh, are they the type of people that are like the leave the sock on the door if it's like three o'clock in the morning type people? And you're like, yeah. I'm just trying to go to my bed and go to sleep. <laughs> but there's a sock on the door. And Listen, I can't go in my room and go to sleep type people. Let me say, if you're trying to get some booty during the event, the best time is during the day, just from so everybody's out and about. Okay, exactly. I literally, you, that's not I literally I thought you were about to say for personal experience. <laughs> think she's tired. Think she's tired. Think she's tired. Oh, right. TMZ. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know if it's going to be that, if it's going to be there. You don't know if these people are clean or messy. If you're a clean type person, I like to have my room at least some sort of clean. So it's like if your room is going to be, if the room is going to be super messy because you got people that are in there and messy, how many of them? Is it going to be four people in a room with only two beds? You Listen, know what I'm saying? One of my first congresses when I was young and broke, um, not one of my first, <laughs> but one of my first neo kids that I went to, we... Like, this is so infamous that we now call it the Neo Kid Squeeze, but I feel like we had at least nine people in our hotel room wow. at once. Wow. And there was wow. like. <laughs> Bro, that's like, wow. that's like that's four people in one bed and five people in one bed, or three people, or three people, and then like three people on the little sofa. Yeah, it was like people were literally everywhere to the point where somebody took. 
with the towels from the bathroom and curled up under the desk and just like laid and that's where they slept but you know that was a certain kind of time i feel like at that point in time like that's just how everyone traveled it's like how many people can we squeeze in here to make it as cheap as possible because i feel like i ended up being only like what did y'all pay five dollars fifty dollars that sounds like because, no, the hotel, yeah, because the hotel can be expensive, which is something I feel like beginners don't always know. Like sometimes the hotels are like really, you know, a little bit lower price, but sometimes they can be like three, four hundred dollars per night. And you're going to be there sometimes maybe from Thursday to like Monday. So that adds up like really quickly, even if you do have four roommates or only one other person, you know. So picking your roommates is super important. I would oh, also, say personally. Go wait, ahead. one more thing to add to that. What schedule are they on? Because I feel like there are some people that like on top of the daytime, nighttime thing, like you get a roommate that's dedicated to only being like at the night socials and then you want to be a day person. So they're coming up in the room at like 6 a.m. and waking you up or whatever else. Or if you're reversed and you're trying to like you're trying to get ready for the party and you're like really excited and you want a pregame or whatever and you're like roommates tucking themselves into bed like that can be even if you're trying to be courteous, that can be disruptive to your experience. So that's a conversation to have. I would say if you are a newcomer into the dance scene, how, figure out how you got in. If you got in through a friend, try your best, if you can do it, to room with friends, people that you know. It's obviously yeah. sometimes where people will get roommates that are Facebook. I'm looking for a room. Can anybody put me in a room? Like that happens sometimes. It's one of those things if you look at like, weird things that only happens in the dance scene that Amber was talking about last <laughs> week. It's one of those things, but it does happen. However, I would say if you can try to be in a room with people that, you know, because that will help you a lot, especially with communication and stuff like that. Yeah. That's all important stuff. And then even from that, I mean, you could break down like what is the amount of money that a person will spend on the event for the whole weekend you know if it's if they're new we are assuming they're not doing privates or if you do they're going to workshops and parties and that's it but if you do if you are trying to do a private and nowadays with zoo some of the privates can range from anywhere from a lot to a lot which (laughs) yeah but using numbers they could be anywhere from like on the low end or the lower end i think 100 to like on one of the higher ends 250 depending on what i was about to say who's charging 100 right now yeah Oh, you think that is no? It's definitely not rare for some of these really big instructors to be charging a hundred dollars for privates, and and especially for two of them. Oh, I'm two saying of them? In- individually, it might be just two. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, because yeah, I, I mean, a hundred's on the cheap end nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's that's not so. far fetched. And honestly, I think make your money off privates, bro. If you if if yeah. a person if a couple is charging a hundred dollars for a private. For individual, I mean, people paying it, supply and demand, make your money, you know? Exactly. Especially if, and this is a side note, if you are not getting paid like you should be getting from your event, then make your money off privates, man. Shoot. Do you think? I kind of disagree. I have feelings about that as a teacher. I think 100 is low. Like, as an industry standard, 
$100 is really low. And so, I I agree. So when you're, when you're jumping in and like you're, all of your peers are charging a certain amount or, you know, which is the industry standard and you're undercutting them. And now people don't want to take privates with you because you're undercutting the rest. I think that's a little bold. However, I do agree with hustle, get your private money, but let's do it. That's a whole other topic. We have a whole other topic. We agree. We agree. We agree in the sense that I'm saying privates, it's good that, that they're not cheap that's what we agree on okay gotcha yeah yeah. that's what i'm saying like i don't think that it's too expensive i think before going into privates and so on i think it's very good for people to explore like who's going in their local scene usually um especially in zook there there will be a a scene leader or some type or some type of og in the scene they might form a group chat ask who's going to where i know for new york i usually tend to be one of those but in like Portland, they usually have one that's formed by their scene leader and so on and so on. So that they would basically ask who who all is going from the group from their local group chat. And then they would invite everybody to their group chat for the for the Congress Festival Marathon weekend that they're attending to. And usually those group chats serve to exist as places of communication for the happenings. And by the happenings, I mean what classes, who's going out to eat where the social may be just in case people miss information because you know people don't be reading nowadays and other stuff and other stuff so definitely figure out who's going from your festival and and like Archie said it's really good to room with people that you know and some of the best people that you know happen to be the people that you see at your local social speaking of reading go on the event page and the website and actually <laughs> read stuff so you know what's going on. You that will to. save you so many problems. A lot of people are super lost or confused at events, especially as a first timer, because they just simply didn't go on and read the itinerary that the organizer put up on the website. So go yep. to the website, read the itinerary. The schedule is up there. It tells you the class schedule. It tells you what time the party starts. It tells you what time the breaks are. It tells you all that stuff. So being educated on that will be able to help you have a better experience whenever it comes to going forward with the event. Also, one more thing. Please, please do laundry. Like, I I, I can't I can't understate how, or over, I can't overstate, whatever the term is, whichever state you need, you need to. Please, you do laundry. And put a little bit more detergent, a little bit more softener, and everything like it. Because y'all, some of y'all that have been the scene for a long time, come up stank, and we do not need the beginners, new people, to do the same thing too. Okay, <laughs> this is a quick. Okay, go ahead. I feel like you need to bring two underwear for every day that you are at the event. Three, three, two. or four. Three or three four. Or four? Got, okay. Three or four. Goodness. Yeah. Some people say three or four. I the four. minimum two. Two underwears for every day. And then you need to bring, bring extra because, you know, flights can get delayed. You might want to hang out sure. afterwards you, with your new friends, you know? So, yeah. Always bring two pair of underwear and bring extra underwear. Or you're going to be making a trip to Walmart. How many outfits per day are you, do you think? You need... Um, I say at least two. At sure. least two. Are we asking for men or for women? Because I I feel like that's different. I mean, for I men usually it would at least be two because you have yeah class, your classes one and then the social. But even at the social, at least for me, because I swear a lot, I have at least what three four shirts with me for the social. 
Yeah, Here's the question. I have a question about this since we're talking about clothes. How often do you go through every single thing that you pack? Rarely. Rarely. But it's good to have it. Rarely. I don't I I don't often go through every single thing that I pack. People who do that, I feel like are on another level where they're like, I have this outfit for this hour on this day. I just bring a whole bunch of like options with me of like interchangeable pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to overpack a little bit because when you're there, it's like you don't know what's gonna happen. Like maybe you go to class one day and you're super sweaty, then you want to change. Or maybe your friends decide you want to go out to eat, so you want to have something like that's streetwear appropriate so you have an outfit for that maybe Mm. you guys you know maybe you decide like during the social that your theme outfit that you brought you might want to change out of so you bring an extra night outfit just in case you don't want to wear the theme outfit you know what i mean there's a lot of things that you're preparing for so i was Um, broken i got broken guys i got broken and it turned me into a minimalist packer i whenever i did my tour through brazil and i was there for a month and I was like, I'm literally going to Brazil for a month. The whole closet's coming with me. I have no idea what it's going to be like. So I'm bringing everything. I went to freaking Marshall's. Y'all know what Marshall's is? Y'all have, it's a yeah. big department yeah. store. I went to Marshall's yeah. and bought like the biggest suitcase I could find. This suitcase was like, with the wheels, was like up to my belly button. So big, right? How tall are you? 6'4". Okay. So this is a huge suitcase. In fact, I don't know. There's so have you, y'all know Stephanie lives in LA, dances Brazilian zoo. Yeah, she's got the red Stephanie hair. That lives yeah, in LA. she's tall. Yeah, yeah. she's yep. tall, tall Stephanie girl. Dance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The suitcase is so big that one time I was over there and we were playing, and she like got in the suitcase and I zipped it up. That's how big it is. <laughs> wow, she's she tall too. And she's tall, which is why I said I didn't just say like some girl because people be like, oh yeah, some four eleven girl fit in your suitcase. No, this girl is nah, she's she, tall. She, 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 so me, I, think. I brought it to Brazil and I'm lugging this suitcase everywhere around Brazil. It's big. And whenever I got to Fortaleza and I lugged it up like four flights of stairs to get to the apartment that I was staying in, I was like, I am never doing this again. And when I got home, I must have maybe only went through like 25% of the clothes that were in the suitcase. Damn. And I was just like, this is dumb. I'm never doing this again. So then I bought a smaller bag and I became a minimalist packer to where now because I'm a minimalist packer, I do actually like lay out specific outfits. I'll be like, or or I'll be like two pair of jeans today, two pair of jeans tomorrow, two pair of jeans for this day, two shirts, two shirts, two shirts, two shirts, one extra shirt, one extra shirt, one extra shirt. And then I roll it all up and then I just carry everything in my backpack. I feel like marathon packing is different than like a weekend. Like if you're going to spend a couple of weeks somewhere, you got to pack in a different way than like. My point is though, it broke me all together. And now I'm just like, <laughs> just ruined on packing in general. Because yeah. even sometimes if I go to a festival, I, I maybe I'll go through half of the clothes if I, if I just like shove a bunch of stuff in a bag. And then if I'm checking another bag or it's costing more money for you to check another bag of stuff that you don't even wear. So that's just my that's just my part. Um, like that's why I asked how much y'all wear because I was like, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely a minimalist packer. I actually wear pretty much everything because I sweat. So yes, yeah, I, I I I wear everything. Also, I have and I recently just started doing this. I have an airport outfit, especially like I wear my real most comfortable tall. pants, airport the most comfortable there. shirt, hoodie. Yep. 
and I'm I'm good. And I wear my my slippers too in the airport. Yeah. So definitely have like <laughs> when you're your commuting outfit, whether whatever however you commute, just definitely have that with you. You you sound like you one of the people who get to the airport early because I gotta wear running <laughs> shoes to the airport. That's me. I, guess I, I, do, I do get that, I do get there early. Right, and I got. I'm about to get my workout on running through the airport. Are you one of those people that Sophia told me she knows somebody who times their leaving of the house so that they can go straight from security and walk straight onto the plane? And I'm just like, I'm I'm too stressed. That's too stressful. Yeah, it is. It is way too stressful. That's way too stressful for me. I like a good adrenaline rush. It's nice. Oh my god, let me tell y'all. When I moved to DC. Um, you know, or this area, you know, yeah, I got three airports. Oh my I went to the wrong airport. Like the flight was wow. at, the flight was at DCA and I went to IAD. IAD. Oh my Ooh. gosh. And then and then they're like at least 30 minutes apart. Okay. Yeah. But DCA thankfully is very, very small airport. So <laughs> I actually made the flight. So it was only like 30 wow. minutes before the plane took off. But I actually and they couldn't just switch it for you? I don't know. No, it was the last flight of the day. It was like oh, okay. super, you know, organized getting cheap flights. It was yeah. the last flight. and But I made it. But yeah, I usually have to run through the airport. <laughs> yeah. So what were you going to say as far as clothing earlier? I feel like I cut you off. I was going to say I'm not a sweater. Is that a word? A sweater? Probably. Like in that context? I keep on word now. I'm not a person that sweats a lot. I feel like a sweater. I'm not. Uh, yeah, we know people ain't wearing you, girl. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm not a sweaty person. Um. Go. So gen- generally, I can just do with the day outfit and a night outfit. But when I was single, I used to bring clothes to go on a date to. Mm, okay. Like a nice date outfit. Yeah. It happened a few times. In not planning anything, but the, it just happened. The honey yeah. badger outfit. The the what? Honey badger outfit. Honey badger. I was going on dates in the middle of a festival. Yeah. Why not? This is what I'm saying. Like, because I I suck. I don't do things. No, yeah, same here. But this is another thing for me is like if you're going to an event in like this super dope city and you never leave your hotel, like I'm just not. I can't do that kind of stuff. You know, I gotta go out. Uh, I'm a a nerd. Like, there's people that like if you have conversations with them and they go to two festivals a month and they're like around the world i'm talking like all around the u.s they freaking go into yeah. like places like for example like croatia or even if we're talking about brazil and then you talk to me like oh man you were in rio how was it and they're like i don't know i was in the hotel the whole time <laughs> what? like what oh. you talking right. about you was literally just yeah. in rio and you didn't do nothing but stay in the hotel like so that's a, yeah that's this me. is this is where i actually would appreciate zuka mx because we were forced to go mm. out and about, and I'm, I'm a person who don't really like walking too much, especially when with heat and the sun just just smacking your body. But I do appreciate being able to go out, being forced to go out, go see things because you have to walk everywhere or you take a taxi and so on. Um, also, another thing for people when you're going to another country or to another another a place foreign to you, please check out the study of the transportation rules and laws over there because some places have uber some places do not and it's always good to like know in advance i did not until i got there and yeah i was caught lacking in some situations but <laughs> luckily mm. i have friends so yeah 
What um, they- so what? are y'all like all about bringing like snacks to the hotel rooms? I feel like women do this more than men, you know. I definitely do this. The first thing I do when I get to an event is I see what grocery stores are around and I go get some nice. snacks. It's like the first thing that I do. Keep me good and keep me fed throughout the weekend as far as stuff that I want to eat. And it's nice whenever the hotel has a little fridge because not all of them do. Yeah. Nah, I, I'm pretty, I don't know. I think I'm the worst festival goer here between all of us because, like, I just pack my clothes. Like, like at Fosa, I'll pack, like, several shirts because I, too, am also a sweater. Um, and that's that's probably, like, my main focus is, like, do I have enough shirts did I bring a towel, you know, for the dancing or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, like, I don't bring snacks. I like so, I roomed with somebody recently who who brings snacks, and I'm like, oh, that's that's probably a great idea. And like, it just never it doesn't really it doesn't stick with me. Like, are you a why? person that are you a person that unpacks your whole suitcase and hang your clothes up? Yes, I 100%, do. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I do. Oh, you I know what? Too. I've started doing my, that. My jacket, Jill outfits. Yeah, me too. My Jack and Jill outfits all hang up. Like I did that in Denver, because um, I'm like trying to dress a little bit fancier for for competitions now. So I'll definitely that. hang those shirts up. I feel Ooh, like it um, makes your I feel shirt like it makes. makes your trip better whenever you unpack. You actually unpack, especially if you're gonna be there for three, sometimes four days. Yeah. Unpack yeah. your suitcase. You know, hang your clothes up. I personally feel like that makes it a lot more comfortable in your room. Yeah, and like I mean, even though there's a, probably an iron in your room as well, but like. You can at least have the the comfort of pulling down a shirt out of the closet and you're like, oh, this shit is not wrinkly. Cool. As opposed to like me, more often than not, I'll pull out a shirt from my bag. And even though I like fold it real nice, like it'll still end up looking, you know, real wrinkle like. So, yeah. Hotels have irons, don't they? They do. That's what I'm saying. It's not about the ironing for me, though. It's about like not living out of my suitcase for that four days, you know? When I went to Madrid, I, I actually that. did that. I put my clothes in the like the dresser, or I hung them. I was like, "Oh, this is real nice." For, versus leaving living in the suitcase where it's just at your clothes scattered. Everywhere. I think I'm paranoid. I don't trust dressers or anything like that. Like, what if they put some shit in there? Really? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know that's a good point because I don't trust right. hotel rooms at all. I bring nah. chanclas. I bring hotel chanclas. And shower yeah. clothes. like I don't yeah. touch nothing in there. Listen, you're Puerto Rican though, like y'all don't believe in walking around barefoot anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but you know what happens in hotel rooms, like you no, know. I agree like, with that. I don't know. Like, oh. I watched a documentary. I watched a documentary on um on hotel beds and washing sheets and lack thereof, yeah. and it yep. freaked me out for so long that like I would pack my own sheets sometimes and <laughs> take the sheets off the bed. I did this for a while. I actually took the sheets Whoa. off the bed and and then put Damn. my own sheets on because I was like, these these freaking hotels are disgusting, bro. What the heck? Wow. So yeah. So you weren't worried about your own sheets getting infected or whatever? Was oh man, I bed. can wash my own sheets. You know, I just the the, the <laughs> fact like they, in the documentary they were talking about how sometimes hotels will go two, three, sometimes four guests without ever washing sheets. Hey, whoa. Uh-uh. And so it was just like, bro, That's this a lot. is disgusting. Not only, even even oh. if the person is just sleeping and they're not doing any sort of extracurricular activities on the bed, just the fact that a stranger that I don't know is sleeping on this bed in like three or different four ones for who knows how many days it's kind of nasty but what other what other dance stuff would you tell for a beginner there's one more thing 
definitely study the beginner track, especially uh, if they are like, for one. If they are for one, especially especially like the social networking parts of it, because it's good to go to a festival to study, to learn, to dance, all that things. But the the really fun parts, at least for me and for a couple of those who went, are usually the in between moments, the the moments where you get to meet and greet and talk with other people, whether it be teachers, other dancers that have been around for a minute, or just other new other new people like yourself. So definitely study that or study when the breaks will happen and see mm. what kind of areas would be like the ha- like the happening spots. True. For sure, for sure. Okay, so now we're moving on from pre and now so we're like we're there. You are you've walked, you've landed on your plane from Timbuktu. The Uber <laughs> has taken you to the airport. I mean to the hotel. You walk mm-hmm. through the door into this large venue that you normally would use as a spot to stay when you go to visit your grandma, but now you're using it as a venue to house you for the next three days as you embark on something that you've never done before. What do you do now? Go to your uh, room. I would say go to your room, drop off your luggage, do a sweep, but then go downstairs and get your wristband, get checked in, get that all taken care of because too often people don't realize that register registration desk are not like actual hotel registration desk where they stay open 24 7 like yeah a festival like event registration desk have hours so if you are if you are like just getting there you have nothing else to do you're not distracted yet go get your wristband because you will be so sorry and so sad when you can't go to the night social because you don't got your wristband yeah don't lose your wristband because they are charging a hundred dollars nowadays for the nice. rest brand. And that's are they really? Yeah, yeah. At a couple of events I've been to, I'm like, whoo. They charge and you. A, and and they have a big ass sign. Zuki was like that. Oh, and that was kind of nice, though. Yeah, the, I had a nice one. It was but nice and it was easy to come off because I lost mine. Oh, it? Oh, was it? oh, no. Oh, shit. I found it outside the next day on the step. Damn. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But you know what? That's, That's kind of because people are trying to, it's to prevent people from like taking it off and giving it to somebody else and letting them sneak yeah. it. Because Time I've also out. heard stories like loop? that. Isn't it just the regular wristbands that you like with the little holes that you can put the little thing on? And oh, no, it? no. They've, they've upgraded now. They got like actual. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like the little, like the little. They got NBA. So if you're going to have now. those, <laughs> they, if, if you're going to have those, they need to not come off. If you're going to yeah. charge people $100. I mean, or just keep I your wristbands. Keep your thing on. <laughs> no, but I'm <laughs> saying Amber said it fell off. Be- I mean, what if you're dancing? It's not this, on that tight, and then it falls off. Man, yeah. but actually, oh, well. wow, is that Zuki? Yeah, yeah, this is this I, is. It, it looked nice. Yeah, I was that's like, the oh. thick ones. Oh yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but I, I never seen this before. Like, Play the league. I like that one. I yeah, like the too. ones that you can keep because I have a whole collection of Congress wristband uh, for like years. Like there are oh, some festivals key. where I have like every single wristband and I love having that as a collectible. So I like that. Low key. I like the ones that you can keep as well. You yeah. just got to make sure they fit if you're going to charge us money for it. If you're going to charge <laughs> people money, a hundred dollars yeah. is a lot. I done paid $300 for this festival and now I'm paying an extra hundred dollars if I lose it. I mean, I get it. You don't want, yeah. you want to stop people from passing the wristbands or whatever. You know how you can really avoid that. Bum, 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 bum. Whenever people buy a pass, the wristband can have their name on it. And then 
you don't have to worry about somebody passing their sure. pass to somebody else. I don't know yeah, how much. I don't know how much more. <laughs> I was about to say that's be. more money yeah, right there. Cost, that's what cost money. <laughs> it could. That's what it's true. Are already going expensive as it is. That's going to drive the price up even more. Or how right? about you just install face scanners? Whoa, that was, that was being mm. sarcastic. <laughs> we were. <laughs> Archie and his, uh, you know, high tech solutions. Hey, man, I'm just thinking about ways that you cannot charge people a hundred dollars, bro. Can you imagine? Imagine you, and then we're gonna go to the next thing for beginners. But imagine you show up to a festival, you just pay for a pass. You're like, bet, and then you go and you're dancing. And you're having good dancing, but the wristband's so flimsy in the middle of your dancing. It's Zook. So you're flying all over the room. And then you don't know when it came off. You just look down at your wrist and it's gone. And you're like, right. wait, what? It's gone. So then you walk out and you're like, yo, my wristband totally flew off while I was dancing. And they're like, that's going to be another $100. Okay. Well, if you feel like your wristband is loose and you are having terrifying dreams of losing your wristband, you can put it on your ankle, which is what I see a lot of people do. I love yeah, how a lot of people do that too. And your ankle thick, so it's not gonna fall off like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see end. that in Zuki. I've seen it, but I, I I wasn't in Zuki. Okay, so keep going. I'm sorry, I just interrupted with a little interjection, but yeah, that's <laughs> um that's the first thing I'm doing, I'm googling where the liquor stores are. Personally, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's a, that's a that's real that's talk. Good advice right there. That's for real. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That's valid because in certain states, like in Texas, you can't sell liquor on certain days or after certain hours. Right. And that was like a really big shock to the system the first time I came to Texas. Not living here, but like at a festival, I was like really upset. Know where the pre-party will be. And by pre-party, I'm talking about like the one for like where you, everybody's going to go up to their hotel room and hang out. And also make sure the pre-party is not in your room. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I say that like, yo... <laughs> Having a, a party in your room is the worst because you got to clean. Because people don't clean up after themselves at all. They don't. And you about to have a gang of people you don't know sitting yeah. on your bed. And they're going to be Jeez. sitting on your bed too. <laughs> with sweat. Like you don't even know them. Like nah, Right. And we already see people don't be bathing and oh. wearing four day old clothes. So yeah. yeah so it's like nah, don't have the pre-party in your room. Four day old. Someone thought- else's room. I was so confused because I thought you meant the official pre-party. <laughs> no, you, mean, no, you mean the thing? pre-game. You mean the pre-game. Pre-game. Yeah, pre-game. Yeah, pre-game. My yes. bad, my bad, my bad. You're right. I was that gonna... is a valid thing to say like to attendees. Like Sometimes there will be pre-parties that are not included in the official uh, invite of a festival. So do a little bit of looking around. Parties taking If the festival is taking place, say, in Dallas, look around Dallas local pages, like the Salsa Bachata Kizuk pages, to see if there are any pre-parties, post-parties hosted. Calculate that into how long you're going to stay, as a side note. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say this, and I was kind of going to save it for later, um, but I feel like it pertains to the pre-slash-arrival. I think it actually pertains more to the pre, but making sure your mindset, and it's kind of serious, making sure your mindset is prepared and aware that though the majority of people are there to dance, there are some people that are there to be sketchy. Agents of chaos. Yeah, and be predatory. And so just be aware of that. Like the dance scene is not this euphoria disconnected from society in the sense that you're going to walk in and everybody's just going to automatically be safe because they dance. So I just so think true. That having that 
in your head so that way you don't let your guard down and then end up in a situation that you don't want to be in is something to remember and know because it's, I feel like that happens it's really it, easy for it, that it to happen it you step into a, a scene like that where on the outside and even from the maybe majority of the people on the inside it's just like oh everything here is great everybody here is happy everything here is awesome etc etc it's you can like let your guard down and then just think everybody there is like that whenever that's just not the case yeah i think in that same vein like just as safety precautions especially for um maybe some of the more vulnerable populations of people like women younger people don't go up to people's hotel rooms by yourself like even if it's like for any situation like don't go for a private lesson don't go by yourself for a drink don't go by yourself to go grab something real quick like make sure if you're moving um moving groups you know if there's Mm -hmm. really a pregame going on in somebody's uh, room then there should be multiple people there you should be allowed to bring some of your people with you or safe. yes yes 100 for sure so then what else okay so we've checked in we've got our wristbands we've got the Mm -hmm. liquor stores maybe Mm -hmm. we've done an assessment of the area of like what food's around and what time it closes because the midnight munchies are real yes Um, that's true we've decided that we're going to be either day party people or night or not day party but day parties are lit Uh, we've decided we're going to be class people or night people done that cool i say after i've done all of that like i go through the schedule and i highlight all of the classes i want to do and i take a screenshot of that and i think the best advice i got from somebody was to save the schedule as the background of your phone because it feels like every five seconds somebody's like what's the next class what time is their class where is the class what room is the class going to be in so i would do that that's That's a very good idea yeah for sure keep that thing on your phone yeah because having to troll the congress page or whatever else and trying to figure out where the class was every time it's just like so like not it so now the day has started and they are going like everything's going or or y'all want to start with the friday we can start we can we can do we start with the friday because the friday Friday, actually before that yeah because that the pre-party tends to be different for for me i have my best dances usually on the thursday Mm. of the event really yeah even when i was usually they happen it's funny my best dances usually happen Thursday, just because, especially, and I've noticed, this, I've noticed this from when I like first started dancing too, because the pre-party usually tends to be the event where everybody, oh yeah, we did our commuting and traveling, so yeah, we may be a little stiff, but energy-wise, oh. like that is the one where everybody's most present, at least for me. All the pros tend to be there, usually the pros that are already there, they usually come out, they're drinking, having yeah. fun, engaging. Like, they don't got to really start working to the next day and so on. All the diehard dancers, they they pulled up on Thursday. To me, I feel like that pre-party usually tends to be a really good energy. And especially when if I'm DJing it, usually I try to keep it fairly light. I, I usually think the music tends to be a little bit lighter and cooler and more manageable in terms of music. So definitely, if you're going to... I always recommend going to the pre-party if you could afford it, because one, the pre-party is a step is a separate expense, and also two, that's another day there. So, but usually it tends to be really good. Actually, that's interesting because I like Sunday night parties for the same reason. 
Like I all agree. the artists have already done all of their jobs. We're like, we ain't got to worry about jack squat. So all of the artists are usually really hype. Everyone's done all their lessons. You know, everyone's kind of warmed up. They're in the zone. It's like, okay, this is the last chance to get them good dances in before it's over. Let's go. Like the Sunday nights for me are crazy, but for the same reasons that you mentioned. Sunday nights, Sunday nights are here for me too. Typically, um, if I if I'm there Sunday, it's there. For, uh, it's those are the best days. I used to struggle mightily on Sunday. You know why? Because niggas don't sleep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say this. I'll say this. Yeah. I will say this. I had a good time Zuki though, because I fell asleep every social though. If you don't want to get caught falling asleep in the middle of Jack and Jill's like Ephosa, so I will say this. Do yourself a favor and map out your sleeping count schedule for the weekend. Like schedule in your naps. It is not healthy, nor is it possible for you to go for four days with no sleep. I've done it back in the day when I was a lot younger and to where I would sleep two hours a day. And it's just not good. Damn. Also, if you are trying to be a te- a learning person and not a party person, or you're trying to do learning and partying, your brain just ca- doesn't have the ability to retain information if you're not sleeping. Like, it's just not possible. Yeah. You're not getting as much knowledge as it's possible or retaining as much knowledge as possible if you're not actually sleeping. So schedule your nap times so that way by Sunday, you're not dead. And feeling like you can't do nothing. And that is yeah. my leeway into Amber talking about why day parties shouldn't be <laughs> non existent. Let's go. Boy, we should we should save the day party for later. Wow. We're gonna really segue to I that. Just, bro, I just gave her a whole freaking Spartan door kicked open. That's you. funny. Layup. That's funny. <laughs> Don't get- you know what? I am almost 40 and now sleep is not negotiable. Like I have to have Ooh. sleep. And after mostly every event still to this day, I get sick. And the reason I get sick is because of lack of sleep. You know, your immune system is really functional and active when you're asleep. So if you don't get sleep, this gives all the, vi- the viruses and bacteria a chance to get an upper hand. I know I'm going into like nerdy nursing stuff, but that's why you get sick after events because you don't get sleep. Also, I mean, are we going into the old people Social, Bro, let's social people. Go. Are we gonna let's talk about go. it? <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I am almost forty, and I've been dancing like fifteen years. It's so hard now for me to um these parties. They just go to six, seven, eight a.m. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, you know? they're going later nowadays. It's I know, crazy. They, I'm like, Whoa. they go later and later. Like events like Sawa Sawa. They go, I think the record is like 10 a.m. or something, you know, like it's it's ridiculous. It kind of gets to a point where it's like a bragging point at this point. Yeah. Our event goes until 11 o'clock in the morning. And it's like, why? Yeah. I, as a DJ, don't, no, please don't ever put me at that slot. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't ever put me at at the, yo, if it's after two, I'm good. Yeah. It's, yeah, like that's too much. I like, I need to sleep eventually, and when I was I'm, I'm living, figure out. 
Yeah, yeah, when I was living in Nash in yeah, in Nashville, I was booked in Vancouver, which is you know West Coast, and I was scheduled at 5 a.m., which is like 8 a.m. Nashville time. And I was so sad. <laughs> like it was such a struggle for me to to DJ that set. Like it was bad. I was having a conversation with somebody and they told me that a couple of the things they told me a couple of things that make a festival a festival in the mind of attendees and one of those things was parties that go till six o'clock in the morning and i was just like this should not be a staple in people's minds on what makes a festival a festival but i feel like it's warped because there's a difference between an organizer being like okay i'm gonna schedule people until like six seven in the morning and like attendees demanding and like wanting to go past that hour like those are two different things and i feel like organizers try to like make it seem like create that environment by like opening that opportunity but it's like it's not if it's not organic it's not fun we're tired you know like it's not necessary and i I also think that so I had this conversation with somebody one time and I was like, go counter to what people believe when we were partying back in the day. And I mean, like college, high school, main parties did not go till seven o'clock in the morning. There's a reason why after party, there was a reason why after party became a thing because there was a party and then there was a party after the party. But if the party is going until seven o'clock in the morning, there is not even there, what's the no after, after party? party? There is no after yeah. party. You know what's funny? People still have the after party. But my after point shit. after but, seven. See, what is it? Breakfast? Yeah, these people are ridiculous. Yeah. They in there, they in there eat. Um. So, but 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 my point is is that's a culture switch. Like that that was not something that was normal whenever we were in college or whenever we were in high school. Um, like people weren't just partying until six o'clock in the morning as the main party or whatever Um, and you know what the other side of that is is like i've noticed that the later and later that they put those hours of ending the later people come down from their rooms they're like oh until 3 a.m so so i can hit those last three hours which means the first two three four hours of that social it is empty there is nobody there this is true this is true so it's like a lot of artificial like yeah maybe it goes that late but how late did people get down there they probably took a six hour nap because when i know it's going that late i'm like classes are over I'm gonna get eight hours of sleep. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. This is real. This is real. This is why. This is why I am such a believer in parties not going till that that late. I think the. I personally think the latest the party should go is two o'clock. That is my opinion. (laughs) Two a.m. Two a.m. I agree. I'm down. I'm about it. Absolutely not. No, especially not at festivals because you need. I need time in between class time. And nighttime to simmer down. Yeah, That's my house nice. is not coming down until one a.m. You know That's why you're not coming down till one a.m. You're not coming down till one a.m. because you just lumped yourself into that category of people that know the party is going till six a.m. So that's why you're not coming down till one a.m. No, I'm an introvert. Like this is okay. So I'm speaking to the beginners now, right? Like know who you are and be able to pace yourself. Me myself, I am a very extreme introvert who loves to go to parties with people. So I know that. Even if I'm not going to the day classes, like if I'm out and about in a week during the day, I'm going to need some time to like relax, sleep, recharge, decompress myself, like let my nervous system rest because my like I just need time to come down and adjust myself to like the, you know, repeopling again. But if you're going from like 
if you're wanting to end the party at 2 a.m., what time are you starting? Like 7 p.m.? Like that's no, crazy. You're starting the party oh, earlier. before that. Way earlier. <laughs> you're starting the Way party earlier. before that. But you gotta understand, at least you in my wild. mind, I'm not gonna speak for I'm not gonna speak for Amber. She can speak for herself. But in my mind, the whole structure of the festival changes if you end the party at two. Because now you're starting the workshops a little earlier because people aren't staying up until seven o'clock in the morning on the schedule. So you can start classes at 10 o'clock and give people enough time to wake up and actually have a decent breakfast where they're not looking like a zombie on Saturday. (laughs) And then they can have (laughs) workshops, two of them happening at the same time or three of them happen at the same time, depending on the event. And they can go from 10 to one or 10 to two, 10 to two for four hours with three workshops happening at the same time. That's freaking four, eight, 12. It's 12 workshops, right? Is that it? 12 workshops happening in that in one day. Then you have a break in between two and four to do what? Eat and chill and get ready. And guess what, people? Just because a party goes from four to two does not mean you have to be down there from four to two. You can literally choose when you want to go and when you don't want to go. So you can say, party starts at four. I'm going to be down there at about six. And guess what? I still get me six to 12, 12 to two. Eight hours of freaking dancing time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can balance it out and make it work to where it still fits. You still get a bunch of hours of dance. You still get rest. And nobody's dying or feeling like they need a whole week to recover from a freaking festival that they should have been <laughs> having a good time at. It's just ridiculous. I you know what? I'm stopping. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because, like, if you look at day parties, like, most people would just keep dancing at the day party if the DJ kept playing the music, you know? Oh, 100%. So, so that's like like melding the day party and the night party. Oh, it's perfect. You know? It's perfect. It's like a it's like you a know what? To- I'm back on board. Party. Team day party. <laughs> like if we were to just date together, <laughs> team day party, I am one of the because day party vibes beat, bro. They imagine hate. imagine if you were at a festival and it was in a room. Because some of them are in hotels, but some of them are in these like really nice venues with like windows and stuff. Imagine if you were at a festival and the party went and the party watched the sunset as you're dancing from day to night. And now it's nighttime and you still go till two in the morning, bro. That's still like late, bro. I don't uh, uh, I'll stay on this. I'll stay on this hill even if I'm by myself. I just think that that <laughs> format is so... I think that format that format is so legit, and people I, won't be dead. I think this is a good place to let people know the differences between day parties and night parties. Like, it, what, you, what you could experience and what you could feel. Usually, in my experience, um, both as a dancer and a DJ, usually the day parties tend to be lighter in music, more a beat... Uh, tend to be a bit more vibrant. People are switching more often. And usually, if you're going to a festival, some, whether it's good or bad, usually at the night party, you'll see people switch less often, which means they're doing longer dances. And the, and Why just, they doing longer dances? <laughs> hey, 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 wait, hey, people, the, the, lights, the lights be a little bit darker. The music be a little bit more flowy. 
and and depends. You know, sometimes some people are playing some R and B joints, and you just stuck there with your partner. It's like, hey, I can't leave right now. That don't make sense. But either way, um, okay. Now, Ifo, so you didn't answer the question. <laughs> of course, I'm not going to answer the question. I ain't going to answer that question. That's a different. That's a different podcast episode. Is it? Different, is it is a quarantine quiet storm podcast? Oh, <laughs> quarantine quiet storm. You and know, so, what? so we should so, do that one day. So then, what's the night party? So for me, I usually with the night parties, they tend to be it ranges because you usually have your opening, but your opening tends to be quite empty. So you would you're not usually in your night party. You have a opening, then you start the energy starts to peak up a little bit more, and then you have your prime time, and then ideally, if everyone's doing their job, it starts to decline a bit more in energy sometimes it doesn't happen but whatever but usually um music dancing wise the light one the lights are usually dark so it makes it a little bit harder to navigate and see who's around and so on but obviously you still find some people because people are there so you could just go up and ask and that would be a time where to figure out what kind of way you would like to initiate or receive um invitation to dance and i explain I would request and advise you all to be more on the initiator side because you control your own destiny. So for you to get dances, it's better for you to put yourself out there and ask for dances, but I understand if you would like to receive it. And um, those those on the panel could also tell more about how to receive dances. But um, we'll pass that. Okay. Yeah. This is how, saying. when I was a beginner, I used to get the most dances. I used to go to the classes and I would introduce myself to people. Yeah. And say, hey, I'm Amber. And they say, hey, I'm Bob. And then we dance. Mm-hmm. And then after, you know, right before we switch partner, I say, nice to dance with you. We should dance again tonight at the party. Come find me. And usually they I do. Both. So that's a very yeah. good way to get your yep. dance lined up for the evening. That's good. Yep. That's really good. That yes. is dead ass, like legit. And it's such a good way to figure out like who feels good to you. Because I feel like if this is your first time coming out of your local scene, you don't realize how much of a variance there is in dancing. It's true. Um, so because different. most of the people in your local scene are going to be taught by the same two or three people. People true, true, are true. going to be, they're going to feel a lot different. So I think if you're a beginner, I definitely recommend or not a beginner, but if this is your first time at a festival, I definitely recommend going to the day um, day classes just to get to know people. No, for sure. That's really good. 100%. Also, as a teacher, I just want to stress how much uh, it is important to continue to train and learn and to yeah. expand your skills. So don't sleep on the classes because they're not just like boring rogue. I'm sitting there and taking notes. Like there's always something new that you can learn. There's always new techniques, new points of view. Go to classes. Yeah. Go to classes. Definitely. When it comes to the party at night, if you have a drink, don't put it on the DJ booth or on the speakers. Yeah, keep that shit away from there. Like we're gonna start slapping people down. <laughs> I'm I'm tired. Yeah. Every festival, y'all breaking shit. Like for real. We had to barricade the speakers. And yeah. put, we put a sign like every day it progressed even more. We put a sign of the next day, then we start playing barricades, then we <laughs> But eventually, we start at interviews, we also had to make announcements on almost every hour. Like, yeah. yo, don't push it on just because yeah, people that. don't be listening. Like, mm-hmm. eventually, we're gonna cut the music and say, yo, I said, we're done, it's <laughs> over. 
y'all don't play with the fosa man he's serious yeah 100 <laughs> yeah i, I, I mean, also want to add in as like a little bit of etiquette for anybody first time at a festival it is so inappropriate to try and get like a private lesson from a teacher or pretty much anybody else on the dance floor like if you're asking Ooh. a teacher to dance, like ask them like you would ask anybody else. Enjoy the dance. Ooh, be respectful. Yeah. They say no. Act, and yeah. then afterwards, like questions like what could I do better? Or like, you know, how did that feel? Or those sorts of things are best addressed in a private lesson. And I know sometimes they can be expensive, but they are worth it. That's why they're expensive. It's because you will your skills will exponentially increase most of the time if you pick the right teacher after a private lesson. So let's be respectful of that. That's good. It's true. I took That's a private I took a private from Jesse and Ifosa. And it helped out a lot. Like immediately the next night or that night when I went dancing. So that's good. Stuff. Get, y'all should get a private with them. It's so crazy because that is like as as much as as easy as it is for a person to know that that's in the scene, if you're new, that's a really easy mistake. You know, it's a really easy to mistake to just walk on the dance floor and dance with somebody who's a teacher, and then just like after the dance, be like, "Oh my gosh, how did I do?" And like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like shoot them for that because it's like an easy mistake to just ask the question. It is. It's not like a. It's not like a. Oh my gosh, everyone's gonna hate you type of thing. Um, and I know it is actually in tango scenes and I think in other scenes, it's actually like really common practice to ask for feedback after you do a dance. So yeah. if you're a dancer coming in from a different um, social background, you might not even realize that this is a thing. However, it does in fact put your instructor in like a little bit of an awkward situation of having to be like, if you'd like to talk about it, let's take a private, you know, instead of just being like, if I give you this for free, then I would have like a crazy line of people who would not want to take private lessons ever again. They would just do a dance and then <laughs> never book a private again. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. so what else we so, got? We seem like we hit a bunch of topics. What else we got before um, we start to wrap this up? In regards to the privates too, definitely you could do some research on who's a good teacher, How? Um, maybe not so much on how much they are, but like ask people true DM, not public on Facebook because people don't need their business out there, but ask people, in the in the DMs, who's a who's a good teacher? Do you recommend this class? Do you recommend this this private? So on, just so you know who, who you're dealing with and what they have to offer. Because the best way to save money or whatever is just to ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. If we were gonna do like a mini first time festival guide for how to pick who did your private lesson with or who would be the best person for you to do a private lesson with, I would say go through the lineup of the teachers that the festival has posted and watch their demos. Watch at least two or three of them and start to pick out what things you see in common from those demos, right? So for example, Lucas and Tanya are powerhouse athletes, okay? Yeah. They yeah. will, like, if you look at multiple of their, dem like multiple videos of their demos, they there are a lot of spins a lot of really athletic dancing right if i were to go to like maybe louis and larissa they're really good at like creative expression and finding a lot of like they're they have a very specific kind of voice on the dance floor right so if you know this about these teachers they're just going to tell you a lot about what they're able to deliver you in a private lesson if you're like a complete beginner at the dance, like, yeah, they're pretty much going to be able to give you the same basic instruction. They'll give you a really solid foundation. However, if you're a little bit higher up in your skill level and you're looking to focus on spins, 
you would go to Tanya and, Tanya and Lucas. You might not go to another zoo instructor. So first understand like what they're able to bring to the table as teachers, like what are their niche things that they're known for, yep. and then decide whether that's something you would like to incorporate into your dancing. And I feel like that's the best way to pick your private lesson teacher. Also go to their classes during the day. That mm. will also tell you a lot about how they instruct. Uh, I guess one other thing we didn't talk about, and that's probably going to be for a different episode, but some events do have these things called Jack and Jill's in which they are basically competitions in which you get paired up randomly with some random dancers to dancing to some random music for a random amount of <laughs> songs. I'm going to fast forward it. Look, naturally, <laughs> look, just, just if you do choose to participate, just know it is not, wherever the result is, it is not a reflection of your dancing. Whether you do well or you do not do as you expected know that it is not a reflection of your dancing. So you do not have to judge yourself too harshly or or feel yourself too much. Also, you do not have to participate in everything that is on the agenda. Or like Archie has said, sleep, yo. I, I just I just joined Sleep Gang and Zuki. I fell asleep <laughs> after after what two o'clock twice Oh man, that's that Sunday that I did stay up. Oh, I was killing it. People Word. don't understand. Like, yeah, I used to be a part nice. of. I used to be a part of Team No Sleep back in the day. We were Team No Sleep, bro. I think my last oh, yeah, time on of. Team No Sleep was my second ADC, my second or third ADC. <laughs> that was my last time Team No Sleep because I remember being like, "Bro, this is for the birds, bro." Like. No, nah. I was getting older too. I was like, yeah, team no sleep is no, nah, I'm team give me a pillow and a blanket and I'll take a nap. Yeah. That's the team I'm on. I, I want to ask each of us individual question before we get wait. Before I got we, some more know. stuff to say. That's what I was gonna say. Keep, say some more stuff before before we do that. Okay. Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, you're gonna meet a lot of people at these festivals. Um, don't be afraid to if you've like connected and had conversations with these people. Don't be afraid to add them on social media and follow up with them because yeah. honestly, it's going to feel like a big overwhelming scheme, but like the same people pretty much end up going to the same festivals over and over again. And that's kind of how you start to expand your dance network to make it more national, international. Um, it's just adding these people and starting to get familiar with them. And it's a really, it's one of those really huge, amazing benefits to being a dancer is getting to know people from all over the world. Like it's a super fun thing to do. So mm -hmm. that's number one. Mm -hmm. And do it respectfully. Like if somebody's like, mm, no, like just be like, okay, whatever. You know, it's cool. Number two, and this is like I think the biggest one that is even hard for more experienced seasoned people to get around is you have the experience that you manifest. Like that's really how festivals work. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your headspace in the right place, then you're not gonna have a good time. And so there's some ways to kind of there's some small tips that I have that might help you kind of manage your mindset as you're going through festivals. Number one, if you want to dance and that's one of your like goals, you have to put yourself in a position to, to dance. So if you are not sitting towards the front lines of the dance floor, then you're probably not going to be asked to dance. If there's a huge imbalance of leads to follows or whatever else and follows, you know, you have to do a lot more work to get dances. So go ask leads proactively to dance. 
right? Like don't do the work to make your manifestation happen. And then but on the back end to be upset that you didn't have the experience that you wanted. Interesting. I think that's a big one. Like set your mindset. For me, sometimes it's not even about necessarily like how many dances or the quality of them. It's did I get to have like good social time with people? Did I get mm -hmm. to see the city while I was there and see some sights? Did I get a chance to have a private lesson, which is like honestly one of the best ways to guarantee that you're going to get some of the dances that you're looking for, especially because instructors aren't always available to you. Instructors are not going to be at socials from the beginning to the end. If this is your first time at a festival, keep in your mind that the instructors are really hired there to instruct. Like a lot of our contracts maybe have something that'll say like, you must dance with attendees for one hour each night, mm -hmm. but there's nothing in our contract that says we have to stay any longer than that or that we owe dances to specifically like attendees. Mm -hmm. So if you put your expectations and the entirety of your festival experience on, I will only have a good time if I get to dance with these instructors in this environment, in this setting, um, then you're probably not going to have the best time. And that's how I want, that's all I want to say. Gotcha. Anybody else got anything else? Oh yeah. You can use friends to, since you don't have to go to every class, you could have your friends go to one class and you go to another class and y'all share notes oh, and talk about it. Use your friends as resources. Okay. The question I was going to ask is what would, advice would you give to your first festival attendee self? Like, what would you tell yourself as a person? Not And, and, and I want to specify by saying not just this is how you should handle this event, but this is how you should approach the scene as a whole. Mm. Thinking that it's possible that a beginner listening to this will get bit by the dance bug in a way that will engulf them into the scene the way that it has engulfed us. I was just going to say I would tell myself not to take it too seriously, not to think of these dancers as somebody who is who are special, who are superhuman. They are regular people. They are insecure just like you. They got issues just like you. They're not perfect. So just don't make it a big deal. Don't put them on a pedestal and just go have fun. That's what I would say. Amen. Amen. I agree with that too. Amen. Mm, okay. So if I had to look at, I guess mine is kind of similar to Amber's. Pace yourself. After your first Congress, I feel like it, the whole other world has been like revealed to you. Your eyes are open to this whole new experience. And then you kind of hear from people that something like this happens every single weekend. It could be <laughs> gone every single weekend all around the world. And they start talking about all these different countries they visited and all these languages that they speak and all these friends they have. And it's like, it can be such a overwhelming sense of like, I want to do all of this all the time. This was incredible. But pace yourself. Don't dive too deeply into this that you like completely immerse yourself and forget yourself in it. Dance will be here. Gonna be a lot of the same people doing a lot of the same things in the same places a lot of these congresses have been going on for like 10 years allow yourself the time to like really enjoy being a newbie it's a really fun experience getting to discover dance for the first time and just let it happen organically you know because i like if we're talking well, directly was... to our young selves i was like i went to my first i had my took I took my first zoo class. Six months later, I was in Brazil because I was <laughs> super obsessed. And it was a journey. Wow. But it was, <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved Zook. But I, I wish I had taken a I little bit more time to like balance out my regular life. Because at the same time, you're only that age once. Like I was only 22 once. And I spent a lot of it in the dance scene and didn't get to a lot of like 
maybe rites of passages that other younger people my age were doing out in the real world. That time you don't get back, but dance time you can always get back. You know, like super amazing experiences, but find a back. I would say the things you you gain from going to these dance congresses, just to switch up a little bit, you could apply to your real life. Like being able to ask for dances, that's those are things, those are skills you can ask, you could do in your real life. Being able to create and ask for invitations, you know, asking people out, um, hang, yeah. setting up plans, hanging out, planning out your schedule. Those are actual skills that you could apply to your real life. A Congress is only for a weekend, but afterwards you have to go back to your real life. So the things that you have enjoyed and learned from the Congress, learn how to apply it in your real day-to-day life, whatever that skill may be. These Congresses, they're in three different places in the country the same weekend. So you're not missing out, but your life is your life. And you only have one of that. So please make sure to enjoy the rest of your life from Monday to to Thursday, Friday, etc. Not just the weekend at a festival. I don't think I have much much really to add, like in terms of like giving any advice to myself back when I first started or whatever. Or just to anybody who's coming back to the festival scene after like pretty much taking like a break during the pandemic and stopping teaching and everything like that. So kind of coming back slowly but surely. I think I think somebody already said this, but like pace yourself. You know, it can seem super exciting to like get back in there and start social dancing like a beast and then the body has gotten used to to a certain sleep schedule. So whether this is your first time doing this or you're getting back into it, take your time. Don't don't go super balls to the wall and you're missing all kind of sleep and you're just dragging ass basically. That's kind of me right now actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you have an excuse, bro. I guess you got a good excuse, dog. You literally yeah. had heart surgery, so yeah. But even prior to that, like prior to the heart surgery, like there would be some mom- some nights where I would go back out and go dancing, and I'd be like, "Why did we used to do this again?" Like, <laughs> oh man, like it's just, weird it's whenever so- you get older and you really like where where back in the day you would have been like oh I'm not missing anything and now you're at a part where you're like I think I will sleep in tonight a little bit I ain't going nowhere yeah. it's it's not it's nice though you know it's nice to get, to get to that point I guess I'll say don't disconnect or don't get addicted to the euphoria or the realm of the dancing to the point that you neglect your real life and i'll say this as an example i've had conversations with people that and more power to you if this is your life situation i'm not knocking you but i'll have conversations with people who are 25 and they live in an apartment with like four other people and there's nothing wrong with that but if like they're doing that and they have adorations or they have desires to want to buy a house for themselves or to want to get married or they want to get this specific job that'll help them make X amount of money. And I'm asking them like, well, what are you doing that's working towards that? And in their head, they're like, man, I'm just dancing every weekend. And that's like my focus. I'm like, you got to look up in five years, where are you going to be if you continue doing this and you continue to neglect that, you know? So that's why I say, don't 
it's an amazing thing. We're not like I don't want it to sound like we're saying that the dance scene is just like this cloud. I don't know. We're all old. <laughs> we're all kind of old in the dance yeah. scene. Old and jaded. We are so old. Like tell. all the old people had like sad ones, and it both was like. <laughs> Dance will teach you so many things. <laughs> hey, I, I say it, but I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it light, but I had to think about it for a second, which is why I was stuttering a little yeah. bit. So we're not we're not saying that it's bad, and it's awesome. Like the dance, like the dance scene is awesome. The stuff that I feel like our friendships have birthed from it. Yeah. We've also gained really other amazing friendships that have been birthed in the dance scene that are yeah, super 100%. dope. So we're not saying that it's like just this negative cloud or whatnot we're just saying properly placing things and prioritizing things in the right place is really important so that in that way you don't allow yourself to neglect maybe things that you're striving for outside of dance and then you look up and you're like man i haven't done anything in such a long period of time because i'm just dancing every weekend you know that's what i'll say about that like, do you know how many dancers I saw who like bought a house over the pandemic when we Bro, were? Bro, I didn't want to go there, but <laughs> the couple, yeah, the pandemic, couple the pandemic definitely mm-hmm. caused a lot of people to level up in life because we couldn't get together and dance. Yeah, right. Some yeah. of those people I don't even see no more. They just they live in <laughs> the stuff that they doing now. They bought houses. They got married. They had babies. All that money and time and energy you were putting towards dance, you put towards your life. And yeah. now your life is better and more fulfilling. Yeah. But we'll see in five years if they stay you together. Just, but you you know. can still dance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can still dance afterwards. Oh, yeah. One more thing. Just I think um, Jesse mentioned it. It's really important to follow up after with people. But also get to know that like the actual day jobs and real life things. Because you never know what situation you're gonna find yourself in. And as for somebody who actually graduated because of a connection true dance. Wow, I didn't what? know that. What? So in my college, there's a requirement to have two internships to graduate and get your engineering degree. I and during that time I couldn't find any type of internship. I was struggling. Um I did one and then I couldn't find the second one. Luckily, through a connection I met through um, one of the local scenes here in West Coast Swing, she was able to provide me an internship and I was able to, you know, get get my degree. That is so it's, cool. Yeah, super. Super important just to get to know people outside of the the dancing, the three, four, five, six minutes, hour <laughs> long, whatever y'all be doing. Just get to know them outside of it because you never know where you're going to be in life. In general, I find that dancers tend to have like, a high income because you know dance is expensive so a lot of us actually have like pretty good jobs you know a lot of older ones oh what do you think about the young folks i'm not saying nothing but i just i feel like <laughs> when you're zealous and young it's really easy to toss everything else to the way i've been there you don't want responsibilities. You're young. You found this arena with all these other super dope young people. And y'all just have a blast every weekend. And you live for the weekend. And you spend the money. And this is how you get into people that get event passes and fly to cities with no hotel and sleep in the lobby. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is how that happens. I feel like I'm not saying that there are there aren't young people that aren't well off because that there are definitely some. I true. And I want to just add to what Foso saying, like the linking up with people. I cannot stress enough. Some of the people that I became friends with at like some of my first few events are some of my best friends to this day. Not like yeah. dance best friends where it's like we go to all our festivals together. It's these are people whose like weddings I would like I'm attending and like I'm yeah. celebrating their houses and like going to their kids' baby showers and stuff. Like truly people that we've seen through like some very beautiful moments of life. So you just never know, man. You just never know. You never know. You never know for sure. Well, what's the wrap up? Take a shower before 100%. you come down the stairs to the festival. Oh, God. Yep, yep, definitely. I just wanted to make sure everyone no. got that. <laughs> well, with that said, I think we out. Wait, I forgot one thing. Uh-oh. I forgot mm. one thing. Oh, it's about don't, to be some. Listen, don't leave the party at 4 a.m. for a 6 a.m. flight to get to your city at 9 a.m. thinking you're going to go to work. Okay. <laughs> so true. So true. Take yep, yep. the next day off. Do not do that it. to yourself. Yeah. You, you try once, you're gonna see that was a fail. Mm -hmm. Take the next day off. Yeah. Yo, I feel like we've all tried it. I'd be yeah. like, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was actually about to try it for Canada to Congress. <laughs> Oh, you know, don't no do that sense. to yourself. Why would people do that whenever they know? The but my email, but I, my flight got pushed back, so I, I have to take the day off. Be doing <laughs> stuff that don't Archie make is disappointed in so many ways right now. Hey, this is this is the no cap podcast. Bro, I'm, just being I'm just being true. Hey, I'm being I'm honest. Just, you know, I'm just disappointed with people. <laughs> like, damn, how do y'all know oh, human race? You set up an event. <laughs> that leads to Monday death. And instead of switching the whole lineup of the event that doesn't lead to Monday death, you leave it that way. And then to add insult to injury, now you're saying, I know I'm gonna be dead for three days and probably sick, but guess what? I'm gonna go to work on Monday anyway. Why? It makes no sense. It, ma it makes zero sense, guys. <laughs> Listen, start making, this is a sum up for the event organizers. Start changing the format of your events. I'm done. We out. This is the podcast ending. Over. Bow. Hey, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to the Brazilian Zoo No Cap Podcast. From your host, Archie, Jamie L, Ifosa, Amber, and Jesse. Muito obrigado. And until next time, stay up.